We all know that parenting is hard work and life can get busy. We've done the research to help you. So let's dig deep with Leanne Mancini and work together to help you raise strong Christian kids. Hello and welcome back to Raising Christian Kids. I'm so happy to have a dear old friend of mine, Josh Mulvihill, on my show today. Josh is the Executive Director of Church and Family Ministries at Renew a Nation. He served as a pastor for nearly 20 years, has a PhD in Family Ministry, serves on the board of Awana, and is the author and editor of 10 books on parenting and grandparenting including his latest titled 50 Things Every Child Needs to Know Before Leaving Home. And he is married with five children. Welcome, Josh. Yeah, great to be here, Leanne. And it is good to see you again. Well, you know, Josh, I loved your book. I read it. It's a great book. And it's, it is a manual for parents. It really is a, a great manual. So let's start off with this question. Please discuss the six steps of planning The first one is planning helps us take ownership of our children's spiritual growth, which I love that because to plan how you're going to raise them spiritually, not only how you're going to clothe them and feed them, but spiritually and planning is good stewardship. Planning saves time and energy. We're not winging it right and guessing and, you know, throwing darts at a board, seeing what works and what doesn't. And then planning focuses on our efforts. Planning shows us where we must grow as parents. And number six, planning imitates God the Father. So can you elaborate on these benefits of planning? Big picture, the the planning piece, a lot of parents just don't have a plan to start with in discipling their kids. And so we're kind of flying by the seat of our pants for a lot of us. And some, you know, some good things happen still. But we miss a lot of opportunities and many parents end up finding themselves down a path or at a destination they really don't want to end up with their kids. But in just about every area of life that matters, you know, research shows that if we have some goals and a plan, we're going to probably have better, uh, better results. So uh, you mentioned the six benefits of planning. They help us become more effective at what we're trying to accomplish. They help us be a better steward of the of the things that God has put in our care. Kids don't belong to us. They belong to the Lord and and he's just given us them for a time. They share our last name but they but they're not ours. And so planning really helps us to steward what really belongs to the Lord well and raise kids, you know, how do you want us to raise them, Lord? These are your children. Planning really helps us learn where we need to grow as a parent, and all of us have our strengths, and all of us have our weaknesses. Uh, and if you want to know what mine are, just <laughs> ask my kids. Right? They'll uh, they'll tell you. But the best plans are just learning what God desires and and doing the best that we can to honor that and to be faithful to that. And I honestly, I think that's when we start to ask, you know, Lord, what would you have of us? That's what gets at successful parenting. We plan for many things, right? We need to plan how we're going to raise our children. The most important plan is how you will raise this next generation. And you state in your book, they raised their children and instruction of the Lord, but implemented a form of behaviorism. Mm. Yeah, that was a part of a story I told about a mother whose daughter was, you know, you looked at 
uh, everything the parent was doing and you'd have thought, wow, rock star parent. I mean, reading scripture in the home, regular involvement in a local church, uh, memorizing scripture, apologetics, even Christian education. And the daughter went away to college and came home and just said, I don't believe in Christianity and Jesus Christ anymore. And the mom, her, her realization was, you know what, we never got at heart transformation. We did all these things, and it was a form of behaviorism in that we were trying to get at the heart transformation from behavioristic kinds of things. And by that, essentially, it's a, a manipulative kind of, maybe that's the negative way of saying it, it's a manipulative kind of approach externally in t- instead of internally. And so we could do this, you know, man, we, we tend to fall into this and this is true for my wife and I, it's pretty easy to kind of click into a behaviorism with children when, you know, when they manifest some behavior in the home and we don't like it, man, you can, you can threaten them. <laughs> you can yell at them. You can bribe them. You know, we can do some kinds of correction management that will stop behavior but it may not actually get to the root of what is wh- why that behavior is happening and what's really driving it. So, the, you know, the Bible talks about in James 4, you know, you, you don't get what you want. And so you fight and you argue essentially as a result. Now, if we don't get to that point of actually helping them understand that kind of behavior, and what's driving it, we really haven't gone far enough. Yeah, it reminds me a little bit of behaviorism is like the legalistic Pharisees. It's all about the law. And Christ came to change and transform hearts. And we need to look at when this is happening because we don't want to miss the opportunity to transform our child's hearts. We don't want to miss that opportunity to get them into the word to make it right. A lot of parents, and I know I did it with mine, I just look at the behavior and address the behavior. And am I bringing them to Christ by addressing their behavior? No. But if I, if I look into their heart and see their heart's desire and make their heart's desire to be in line with what Christ wants and help them to transform that way, then it automatically changes their behavior. That's right. And you have 50 things that every parent needs to raise their kids to understand and to help them to be wonderful adults in this society. Could you please elaborate on biblical beliefs and worldview? So worldview is is what we believe and how we live. And of course, we're wanting that to be driven by scripture. The challenge, of course, is that all kinds of ideas from the world seep in and all of us have absorbed them to some degree. And of course, the goal is we don't want to do that. We want, we want to be walking according to God's word. And you know, one of my favorite passages is uh, 1 Timothy 4.16, talks about take watching your life and your doctrine closely. And, and so with our kids, you know, we, they are what they think the behaviors that they have will really be, be coming back to what they believe. And a lot of research shows that kids somewhere in the kind of the 12, 13 age range, pretty much what they believe by that point for a high percentage of people is what they'll believe as adults. And so these childhood, early teen years. It doesn't minimize the teen years, but it just shows the importance of those early years, just working to shape the beliefs of our children. And 
Man, you know, the world right now is all guns blazing to shape our kids' belief into, you know, they're working to disciple our children into their vision of what a person should become. And it's not in alignment with the Bible. It's not Christ-like. I mean, we, we could, you could it's think indo- about all the different It's indoctrination. Areas. Completely indoctrination. Yeah. Yep. And many people hear indoctrination and think, well, that means all bad things. Like what you say, Leanne, and that we want to indoctrinate our children. Everyone's going to believe some doctrine. It's just a matter of what is it. And so if we don't do the indoctrination and buy that with the Bible in God's, you know, in, in God's eyes and word, the world will do that. And so, man, you know, just right now, the biggies with what do we believe about marriage and sexuality and what does it mean to be a man and a woman with all the gender stuff? And we could keep going race, all the racial stuff and justice. And there's so much swirling right now that if we're not having those kinds, you know, those are the the biggies culturally, but there's so much more as well. If we're not just having those kinds of conversations at home with our kids to help shape their thinking according to God's word and really ground them well, guaranteed the world will have those conversations with them. And so, you know, we don't need to meet, that shouldn't cause fear for us as parents and like, oh no, what do I do? God's given us the curriculum. It's the Bible. And so as parents, what we want to be doing then, and I'll add grandparents, is we want to just open up God's word and be reading that even in small little snippets on a regular basis with our family. You know, I quote you in my book that I'm writing, and I'm going to read this quote, and it says, worldly influence in the hearts of our children is hard to detect because it takes time for weeds to grow. With God's grace and proper training, our children can be Bible-believing Christians who are spiritual salmon swimming against the current of culture. You know, I just love that. And I quote you twice in my book. You got some really great stuff. So if you ever get to read any of Joshua's books, you would love them. But back onto this book. Yep, worldview, that's everything. There's two worldviews. There's man's worldview and God's worldview. And what are we going to teach and instill in our children starting very young? Because that's what's important. And I love that you stayed in your book, your child's maturity in Christ is your priority. It really, really is. And some of the things that you list, the 50 things at a glance page that you have in your book, you talk about life skills. You know how to care for a pet. We have to learn how to care for our pets. Relationship skills. Be confident in making introductions and learn how to develop and maintain friendships. Under home management, I love how you talk about know how to cook meals, simple meals, right? Kids need to know how to feed themselves and know how to clean the house and laundry. There's just so many things you touch on. I hope your book does really well. I hope our listeners will go out to get the 50 things every child needs to know before leaving home. And I want to thank you for being on the show today, Josh. Yeah, it's always such an honor. And thanks for your work as well, Leanne. And I'm really looking forward to your book that's going to be coming out here on parenting, uh, hopefully here in the future. Can't wait to get my hands on that. Thank you. And this is how we all work together to raise strong Christian kids. Thank you for listening to this episode that is part of the Spark Media Network that can now be heard on the Edify app. 